0: Everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Twenty Pre Personnel Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer, joined by Michael.
1: Hello, everybody.
0: Hey. Are you there? I'm here now. You sure? Yeah. Okay. We may not have had your mic up all the way, but we're good now. We're good. We're good. It's baseball season. Yes, it is. Officially. Oh, yes. <laughs> we had to, um, have to start off with a little bit of the natural. Baseball fans will obviously know what that's from, but how to hit hit them with it? Hit you with the natural. Also, if you're a Rangers fan, you hear that fairly often, especially when Joey Gallo's up to bat. They play this after every home run. Just so you know, neither of us have ever seen the natural. I've seen parts of it.
1: <laughs> I have. I have not. So, it but a, I knew the music. I recognized it when Spencer was playing it earlier.
0: We screened parts of this and it was a summer course I took where we watched basically sports movies it was the best summer class ever
1: at tech what was it called was it even disguised
0: it was like sports cinema sports media something like that. I don't know it was fun Um, we basically watched sports movies we watched um, parts of the natural we watched all of legend of bagger vance um watched most of like rocky um Gosh, there were several other good ones. Watched Hoosiers. Yeah. So, so basically, like one <clears throat> iconic move from every sport. That's pretty good. It was a it was a summer well spent. I spent there were a lot of athletes in that class too. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, anyway. that wasn't part of the um, the uh, engineering curriculum. That wasn't part of the PR curriculum either. It was a an English elective that I. Decided to take one summer. Don't at me, bro. <laughs> it counted towards my degree in some fashion. I graduated. That's cool.
1: That's cool. It's fun to have one of those degrees where that class counts. Shut up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> not stupid, okay? <laughs> I wasn't saying it was you were. It's not a university studies degree. <laughs> All right, so we're going to talk a little bit about some some more chicken wings this week. We're going to talk about a trackster setting the track on fire. Correct. Hitting very close. I wouldn't say world records, but getting up there with world record times. Fastest in the world currently, definitely in in a couple of races. Basketball season may be over, but there's still lots of basketball news coming out. We are in full, full blow baseball season. That's right. Got lots of stuff to talk about there. Although we are not the Dinger Derby podcast. So if you're looking for a breakdown of the weekend series, um, you're listening to the wrong podcast. We have a little bit minuscule football news to talk about. And it's related to baseball. Baseball. (laughs) Yes, it is. (laughs) Um,
1: We're we're squeezing it in somehow.
0: We are. We're recording early. I'm I'm running out of town this week. So we're going a little, we're going on one day fewer, less, one fewer day's rest. We're recording a day early. There you go. Sorry. Um, we will check the old Twitter before we close, see if we get any questions, talk about Going Yard, and then what we learned this week. So, the Lubbock staking the planers minus the Michaels. Yes, they were Michaelists today at lunch. So that it was, was me, Keith, oh my gosh, Keith Patrick. <laughs> Keith Patrick, Kyle Jacobson we met together for lunch uh michael labar i think was working a lunch shift so he didn't get to see any of the messages till afterwards and he's like 120 messages wow Thanks. took a while
1: took a while to figure out where to go to lunch
0: <laughs> it it did because it started with okay so let's go to lunch and then when and we're and then we him and holland for a little bit and then it was like okay so where are we going to lunch and where <laughs> and when are we going and then yeah it was a bunch of well, i don't care where we go you pick i don't care where we go you pick yeah so We had it settled to wings, because I said, "Well, let's do wings." But then we had two locations: um, Wing Daddies and Hub City Hub City Wings. Um, Michael was the only person, McDonald here, co-host, was the only person that had been to Wing Daddies, and he he gave it the the thumbs up, the recommendation, definite, two thumbs up, the stamp of approval. We had been to we individually have been to Hub City Wings before. I think we were just, we're going to go try Wing Daddy's. Um, So, Michael, why don't you tell us about your experience and I'll tell you how lunch went.
1: We went Saturday for dinner. No, Friday. We went Friday for dinner and we're really surprised with it because we went over there not sure if we were going to eat at Wing Daddy's or the Toro Burger Bar. I think they're owned by the same people.
0: Yeah, they're right next door to each other.
1: Yeah, they're in the same building. And so we, we just kind of went over there and thought, oh, well, let's do wings. Sound really good. That that's what my wife really wanted. And I thought, okay, let's let's try it. And we were pleasantly surprised. Had uh, these little appetizer things called sleaze balls. So we ordered
0: an order of sleaze balls as well. Yeah, that's kind of a kind of a weird. Yeah, I'll have the uh, sleaze balls, please. <laughs> order the sleaze balls with some pecker wrecker wings. Yeah. yeah okay. Anyway, <laughs> which, which we didn't get to that. Before we get there, let's mm. let's talk about the sleazeballs because we, we both ordered it. We ordered some for lunch today. Yeah, um, it's like a mix between a tater tot. It's like a tater tot that's been stuffed with like a loaded baked potato.
1: Yeah, maybe hash brown type. So, yeah, so potatoes? it's a hash brown
0: with like uh, cheese and bacon. Yeah, maybe? there's the bacon inside in it. of and it, and I
1: think jalapenos.
0: Yeah, and then it's breaded and fried. Yeah, it's a little bit bigger than a hush puppy. Yeah, it's like a golf ball size, probably. Yeah, or Hush,
1: Hush puppy XL. <laughs> yeah, um, pretty good.
0: Yeah, we 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 enjoyed ourselves on some sleaze ball. Yeah, and the the sleaze
1: balls were, they were they were very very nice, very nicely done. Had a good sauce. I think yeah, it was fire have, ranch or whatever yeah, they called they
0: have, it. They have a fire ranch, a spicy ranch. Um, and then the three of us split a thirty-six count wing order and we got three different flavors we got a um a cilantro lime which was spicy but it was still really good i enjoyed that one we got it just hot and then we got something called Tangosaurus. yeah Tangosaurus
1: so, was was the recommendation when we went by our waitress and she said what it was and it's basically lemon pepper wings but lightly tossed in i think the hot buffalo sauce so it's not smothered in it; it's just kind of lightly tossed in it so we got it's, those.
0: It's wet enough from the buffalo sauce to get a dry lemon pepper to stick to it. Right, pretty much. And then we had we had the...
1: Uh... Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Bite, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Bite.com. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door.
0: Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place.
1: Uh, Chipotle raspberry, which were, it was nuts. It was like a dessert wing. It was crazy. I don't know if I'd get those again or not, not 10 of them. You know, I'd maybe get five. Because it was still fun and it was just oh, it was just such a mess. But the the Tangosaurus was excellent. I thought that was just about perfect because it had the perfect kind of texture I want in the wing. It was just slightly crispy on the outside, but you could pull it off the bone pretty much. I mean it was
0: it was excellent. It was one of the best wings I've had. So ours were were wet but not Dripping so like when you when you picked it up it wasn't like like you had to shake sauce off of it right. um, minimal mess to the fingers good apparently this is what what is referred to as lemon pepper wet in other places I guess namely like Atlanta or whatever yeah that's what Keith was saying I didn't know that yeah I'd never heard of that when I think of lemon pepper wet I think of like um the wing stop version where it's tossing like a little butter to get the dry lemon pepper seasoning to oh, stick yeah. to it I could see that. I wouldn't have thought lemon pepper wet would have been a a buffalo sauce. Then tossed in lemon pepper seasoning, the dry seasoning. So that was good. That's what we got. We we split that, and then we had a couple of. Uh, y'all sides tried of some rice,
1: and y'all tried some sauces, right? A couple yeah, of other ones. So we
0: um, they they have. I don't. I'm not a big fan when wing places do this. They have. They had three or four sauces that the name did not reflect. What was the flavor of the sauce? Well, Tangasaurus for Tangosaurus, example. Yeah. So that 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 to me does not say lemon pepper with hot buffalo. Yeah. Um, there was one called Pecker Wrecker. Yes. It was a spicy sauce. Um. There's one called Hellfire that was fairly kind of. Obvious, that's kind of
1: explanatory. That's kind of like the in like a blazing or it was something. hot,
0: but it wasn't like it wasn't just hot. There were some other flavors into it. There was um quite a bit of vinegar in it, but like not like a buffalo because it was like a thicker kind of chunky sauce it was it was strange hellfire was also like the base of the pecker wrecker but that pecker wrecker had more flame icons next to it on the menu indicating it was hotter okay okay and then we also tried a little bowl of the um cilantro lime which is why we ordered that for the rest of them there was a ghost one too there's ghost rush and i'm not a big fan of the ghost pepper flavor yeah um i wish they had more of a straight heat above hot because when i want a hot wing i just i just want that hot flavor yeah and i know the extreme from hub city wings and blaze and all that kind of stuff there's more flavors in it it's not just the buffalo but anyways it's pretty good we enjoyed ourselves yeah. su- i think we all decided that um we would return hey us
1: too so maybe maybe i'll get to go with y'all next time you should okay i'll
0: try to we'd have to order something else because the the three of us polished off all 36 of those wings (laughs) so 36
1: would not have been enough well y'all okay clarify though well we, we
0: we got one order of 36 there are smaller orders we could have done individual orders of 12 right but and done 48 total or whatever
1: but the 36 is those were boneless wings right
0: we had decided because we were going in the middle of the day and we do not want to go back to our meetings with stuff no. on our face that we were going to get boneless and use forks.
1: I'm not judging. I'm just saying no, I'm that sure. e- eating 12, 12 bone-in wings is is quite a feat. But 12 I, boneless, yeah, I'm, that, I'm, that seems I'm, easier.
0: I'm sure the pecker-wrecker sauce would have been more applicable had we gotten the bone-in wings and eaten with our hands. Yeah, yeah that would have been... That had been the way to do it. As such, I can take up my contacts tonight and not worry about it. So there's that's a plus, even though... Win-win. Yeah, win-win. Gotta, it wasn't super hot. but Yeah.
1: So, so Wing Daddies, I, I don't know much about them. I just know that Wing Daddies and Toro Burger both started in El Paso, I believe.
0: And they've got locations in El Paso, Austin, Houston, Dallas. Yeah, they're kind of branching out Maryland. into
1: around Texas. And I wouldn't be surprised if they have a location in... New Mexico somewhere like Las Cruces, but I have no idea. I'm just making that up. That makes sense, just because it's close. Mm-hmm. But uh, really makes me want to go try El Toro or Toro Burger because I keep seeing their stuff on Facebook.
0: Yeah. So Wing Daddy's does more than just wings, though.
1: Oh, lots. Yeah, they've got quite a bit on the menu, yeah. and they're they have some really cool margaritas with uh, peach rings. They have like a they have a bomb bomb pop margarita that has um, it's red, white, and blue. And it has a bomb pop that they just sit on top of it with it. What's that? What's Uh, a bomb pop? It's that red, white, and blue popsicle. Oh, okay. That kind of looks like a rocket ship or a rocket or whatever. So it's that same exact type of thing. So they've got some really cool drinks and stuff and seem like a pretty cool vibe as far as a place to watch a game, maybe.
0: Yeah. So I, Michael posed the question best wings in Lubbock. Um, What do you think? Possible? I'm I'm a big fan of the Tangosaurus. Yeah. sauce and i don't know of any other place in town that does that um so that alone may be enough that we want to go back um the other sauces were they were different I, we didn't get any adventure like we didn't get like like a sweet spicy mix of any of the sauce i think they had 20 something sauces yeah that's a, that seems about right um ranging from Something called girly, which I'm assuming it's like a sweet barbecue or like a sweet buffalo. Not not yeah. Sweet, we don't even like know what like that like is. Like a really mild buffalo. again right. Because it just says girly. Um, all the way up to stuff like Ghost Rush and Hellfire and Pecker Wrecker and um, it's like a
1: jalapeno barbecue and there was one called Hot Honey that sounded pretty interesting to me. Hot Honey,
0: Asian persuasion.
1: Yeah, Asian zing at Buffalo is one of my favorites. Which I'm, I'm gonna assume those two are be pretty similar that's what i would think too
0: anyways um like 70 something th- and milwaukee Mm-hmm. go check them out we're not sponsored no we, we're not
1: we, but at all <laughs> we could be we could be we could be the uh
0: so forget a queso sponsorship
1: let get us some wings yeah wing daddy could be the official wings of 23 personnel podcast
0: so anybody ownership management marketing firm we're here for you.
1: Yeah, hit me up. I already like your pages on Facebook. All right, so, track. Wow. Divine Oduduru. It's a fast man. It's an, it's insane what he was able to do this weekend. So, this past weekend, he
0: ran at a meet. Um, oh, I'm scanning through it. It's in Waco. The Michael Johnson Invitational in Waco. Excuse me. He ran a 994 meter dash so that's that, booking that's it that's really fast less than an hour after that he ran a 1976 200 dash so um according to this article a sub 10 second 100 is the fastest in the world this year so it looks like nobody has run has broken a ten second hundred and he ran a nine ninety four so it was point oh six faster than that. Um only eighteen other men have recorded a faster two hundred like ever than Divine Ododuru's nineteen seventy six this weekend. Guys like Usain Bolt, Michael Johnson. Carl Lewis, LaShawn Merritt, Johan Blake, Justin Gatlin, Walter Dix, Tyson Gay, Wallace Spearman. That's fast. That's very fast. That's a lot of good sprinters. The fastest ever record currently held by Usain Bolt is nineteen nineteen. So it's still, I mean, half second faster. Yeah, that's but Bolt's like six six, and he's like he's the standard, like gold medal runner of our day now. He's still doing stupid things. Um, Otaduru's 19.76 is the second fastest ever by a collegian runner. So no other college athlete or one other college athlete has run that fast or faster. Everybody else has been professional. Olympics probably, yeah. That's nuts, man.
1: I know and he's you know, you mentioned Usain Bolt. Uh Divine is only five foot ten.
0: Yeah, so he's not like the six or however he's six five? I don't six know. Four, he, he's he's
1: up there. He's I think six four, but I'm, I'm not quite sure. Six
0: five. So he's got seven inches on Ododuru. He also, of course, I mean, and
1: this makes sense, that uh, he broke the Clyde Hart Stadium records there in Waco of 10.02 and 20.3, which were both set by then Baylor star Trayvon Brummel, who won the 2016 World Championship gold medal in the 60 meters. I mean, obviously he was going to break some records that day, but it's kind of nice to have broken a, a record of a, a Baylor
0: individual in their own house. It's good. It's good. It's good. good. So congrats, divine looking forward to some more outdoor season accomplishments still going. Um, you know, a year ago he won the, a, a national championship up in Oregon. Kind of a surprise. Cause I think he was in like lane seven or eight, which is not typically where your fastest runners are coming from. And he like, it, it kind of surprised the, um, the commentator, the broadcast crew as well. Cause they're, they're talking about the, the top three guys and like maybe half a second before the race is completed. Like, Oh look, there's divine Oda from Texas tech and he wins. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. The, I, I think the way they usually do that is they go fastest from inside out. If I remember right, I think lane four and five are kind of your coveted fast lanes. And I know that because I was usually, if I ever made a, <laughs> A second, if I ever qualified into some sort of advanced round, it was usually by the skin of my teeth, lane one or lane eight or one of those outside ones.
0: Yeah. So last season, so last August, he ran a 2018 200 indoor. So he's getting, he's, he's getting faster into this outside. Just incredible. Yeah. So um, the twenty. Never mind. That's not. It was June twenty eighteen. Okay. The, okay. The the Oregon meet. So it's coming up on about a year ago. Anyways, congrats, Divine Oduduru, Congrats, Wes Kitley, and staff and the rest of the track team. Because he's not the only one that's blazing fast. Obviously, with. All the accomplishments they've been able to rack up this past season, indoor and outdoor. It's outdoor season now. Looking forward to all of that because they were competing for a national championship and indoor this season. Yep. Um, Now it's outdoor season and they get another shot at it. So basketball. Let's do it. There was a a big announcement this past week. What'd you hear? I heard... uh, Sorry, I was going to try to make some kind of snarky joke. Oh, man, that's I, too bad. I, I, I set you face. up.
1: I tried I tried to set you up for a snark joke. Uh, I
0: know. Jarrett Culver announced he is headed to the NBA.
1: Which is no big surprise. I think a lot of us were a little bit...
0: We were talking ourselves in and out of it yeah. based on how the announcement went down and how he was calling people to an event and like, well, that's not... I could see it going either way. So he was there surrounded by his family, um... His, his two brothers, his parents, and Chris Beard. And then there was a, a fairly large like banquet room that, from what I understand, was packed with fans. Cool. Well, and I think, you
1: know, they just said that the ceremony or the announcement, sorry, not ceremony, was going to be at United Supermarkets Arena, and I think that was mm-hmm. all we knew when we were recorded last week. So it kind of left it up to interpretation that, oh, it's going to be on the court. It's going to be like how they've done these uh, you know, when the guys came back and they had kind of uh, the fans were set up and they had a little stage set mm-hmm. up. And so you think, man, if they're going to do all that, surely he's there's a chance he may stay. But then they I think they announced on that Wednesday.
0: So uh, what, what that happened was going to be a
1: conference room, or not a conference room, but, you know, it a room
0: in the arena, not the actual floor. I think the day of when the media got their their invites or press release, whatever it, it indicated a room. Yeah. Um but even then they said, Well it's not the it's not the it's not the media room. It's not this tiny room that they would just make some kind of press conference announcement from, like where they do the like coaching announcements, like when Beard was officially hired or where I know when Tubby Smith was hired, it was the announcement and broadcast was, was made from this smaller press conference room. This is not where Culver made his announcement. This was a like, A banquet room. It's a large room that is used for large meetings. Anyways, filled. He announced his head of the NBA. It sounded fairly unanimous. I would say. I mean, I I don't. I wouldn't. Yeah, there there weren't any audible boos. There weren't anything crazy like that. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Everybody there was was super ecstatic. They were cheering him on for for quite a while. It 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 took him a while to settle down for him to continue his his comments. Mm -hmm. And Chris Beard, uh, I think, spoke. Um, super excited for Jared Culver in the future uh, heading into the draft um, really going to represent Texas Tech well having a second first round NBA draft guy Jared, uh, Jared Culver this year Zaire Smith last year maybe even a lottery pick I don't know what that cutoff is you'll have to just tell me what that means is that top 10
1: uh, lottery pick I believe falls to I think the top th- 4 top 4 teams or you know the bottom 4 teams in the league um man it may be 8 this is terrible but the bottom teams in the league are put in a lottery basically and then that's how they determine uh the the picking order and that's supposed to help with tanking uh it doesn't always help cuz i think sometimes you can get a few more um I'm not sure how exactly the lottery works. You might be able to get a few more ping pong balls in there if so, you're worse than others.
0: So it looks like there was a new system put in place for this, this upcoming draft. Uh, uh, tweaked a little bit. The team with the worst record from the previous season will receive no worse than the fifth pick. Okay. It used to be no worse than the fourth pick.
1: So it's the first... Five teams, basically.
0: Yeah. So the teams with the three worst regular seasons records will each have a fourteen percent chance of winning the lottery, which I'm, would be the first pick. Um, odds of the remaining participants in the fourteen team lottery will reduce gradually after the top three. Um, after drawings are concluded for the first four picks, so those first four teams are drawn, basically. Um, the other lottery teams will continue to pick in inverse order of their regular season record. So.
1: So he it, by saying he's a lottery pick, he's basically saying he's a top five pick. I would assume that's what that means. You know, just kind of short term. Yeah. Anyways. I don't know, it could be.
0: He's gonna be up there, whether it's top fourteen. He's gonna be a millionaire this time next year. This time like next month. Possibly, yeah. Get that signing bonus cash. It's crazy. It's fantastic. The
1: there was a there was a reporter, a local reporter, and I wish I could remember who said it, but she tweeted something about Jarrett Culver kind of waving goodbye to everybody and then getting in his Chevrolet Cruise <laughs> and and heading out away from the the arena and she said something like His life's about to change quite a bit. (laughs) Chevy Cruise, yeah, nice. Not a knock, not a knock on the cruise. I'm a bow tie man myself, but it's a it's going to be a little bit different when you've got seven figures in the bank.
0: Um, some other basketball news. uh, There's two more things, or I guess three. Uh, again, not unexpectedly, Kayvon Moore officially announced he is entering the transfer portal. I think he announced it within an hour after Culver made his announcement. So I think, yeah, I think he was waiting for that dust to settle. Then he made his announcement Um, again. uh, He hasn't been with the team for quite some time. He didn't travel with the team to any of the tournament games from what it sounded like. He was back home with family for a lot of the spring semester. I think he's got a new daughter that he's caring for. Right.
1: I'm unsure he's enrolled in class or how that's going right now for sure.
0: Um, I think he played what two minutes a season after coming back from that injury. I think the Iowa State game was it. Yeah, yeah. Um, had that one strange comment on Twitter, and then basically he and Beard were just kind of in the, in the in publicly saying, "Oh, we're we're, we're working this out." Um, Super supportive during the tournament. Yeah, I mean, he, was, he was still posting things supportive of Texas Tech and cheering on the team. But you bet, was not a part of the team. So we wish Kevon more best of luck for sure. As he seeks his next place, I would assume um, unless he's granted some kind of hardship, it would be a transfer where he'll have to sit out this upcoming season, um, possibly close to home back in Georgia. So whether it's Georgia or Alabama, Auburn, that kind of team.
1: Auburn, yeah. I wonder if that's entered his mind yet or any of that. That's that's an or interesting Tennessee, thought. Maybe? Yeah, Tennessee. Get back into SEC country. So. That's, I I mean, really, we, I think I could speak for Spencer when I say this too. We have no reason to not wish him good luck. I hope he, I hope he does well. I, I mean,
0: a four-star guy, he was our first. He was the highest rated recruit until Jemias Ramsey signed this right. season.
1: And so it, it, he'll always kind of be remembered fondly, at least by me, of, you know, he had, he had the full-blown video treatment. His dad was a Red Raider. It's just. I, I hope he does well. I hope he finds a place that fits what he's looking for and um I hope he and Beard have if they had any sort of odd uh terms or however you want to call it, I hope that they've patched things up if there was any sort of animosity towards that situation. I'm sure I'm sure they've figured out a way to both walk away from it and understand it's just kind of maybe it's best for both parties, who knows?
0: Yeah, um, so that those two announcements back-to-back open up two more scholarship spots for Chris Beard and staff to fill. Yep. Um, We we ran down a bunch of those possible guys last week. Um, I guess updates on at least two of them. Uh, The Stephen F. Austin transfer, TJ Holyfield, was in town this weekend for a visit, was with the team and Chris Beard at one of the baseball games. Yep. Um, Seemed...
1: I think it was Sunday's game. Saturday. Nope, Saturday.
0: It it was the day game. The last game, yeah. Um, And then with Kayvon Moore, uh, you've got that other spot open up. Um, What's his name? Clarence Nadolny was one of the other guys that you're you're real high on. He was traveling um, and visiting West Virginia. I think he's going to visit Iowa State, or he already has visited Iowa State. And then, if he makes it through those visits uncommitted, you will be his last visit. Um, and you always like your chances as as the last one to close out on a recruit. But he would be, I believe he's he's, he's a high school guy. I think so too. He's not a grad transfer like uh, Holyfield is. Um, again, your signing class this year, uh, you've got Kevin McCuller. And Andre Savrasov, they are already on campus, enrolled. You've got three guys that have signed a letter of intent and Jemias Ramsey, the four-star combo guard from Duncanville, Khalid Thomas, the JUCO forward, um, number two national JUCO player, uh, and then your center from Putnam Science Academy, Russell Chewa, Chewa, seven-foot guy. And then he's listed as a hard commit, but I assume he's either signed or will be signing shortly because I think the signing period is opening up very soon. Um, Terrence Shannon, the forward out of Chicago, also a four-star guy, four-star guy. And I know that Seth uh, retweeted, the, there was some re-ranking of the, the recruits. Um, Jemias Ramsey is either 30th or 28th on the latest list. Uh, Terrence Shannon is in the low 80s, so both are four-star guys. Kevin McCuller um, is up there. You have the second highest-rated recruiting class in the Big 12 behind Texas. Um, We had the fifth highest class last year, and then your national rank is 15th, whereas last year was 33rd. 15th in the nation? 15th best, and you're not done. How did I not know?
1: I did not put that together I hadn't seen that somehow I knew we were among the top two in the in the conference but I didn't know how high that stacked up against
0: the nation so I'm going to read off our top nine all time highest rated commits because that's what's here on the page Jamias Ramsey number one Kayvon Moore number two so he's he's leaving um, Dior Lohorn I never saw him play this was from the 2005 class. So he would have been there when I was a student, assuming he was still on the team when I was in 2007. I don't remember him. Um, Terry Martin, also class of 2005. So yeah, those are both 2005, not 2004. Tarrant Shannon at number five, is your current class, at number five. Number six, Davide Moretti. Um, seven, Rashawn Bryant, 2003 class. 2008, I remember watching this guy play a long time, Dwaylon Roberts. Yeah, he was a forward with uh, Pat Knight, basically. Okay. Well, he was there with with, um, Bob Knight, too. Bob Knight, yeah. He he played a lot longer for Pat Knight than Bob Knight. And then number nine, Kyler Edwards. So, Pretty good company. Yeah, you've got on your team, uh, you'll have one two, three, four of your top nine all time commits playing for you next season. And like I said, you're not done adding to this class,
1: right? There's still a chance that you, you're going to get some guys that so you're can saying there's a chance that can contribute to that class.
0: Yeah. If you recall what we talked about last, like there's a whole big list of guys and I don't want to drag everybody through that list again, but you were in conversation with a lot of other guys currently, um, other transfers, Uh, I think one guy that we mentioned was Chris Harris. He was down basically to you in Oklahoma state. He announced he's going to Oklahoma state. Uh, He was previously signed with A&M and they released him from his letter of intent when the coaching staff changed. Um, He committed right around the the Culver announcement last week. Um, The other thing, other big thing of note for basketball is it's been eerily quiet on the Chris Beard contract extension talk. There are some concerns that they are still at odds on a couple of the terms, including buyout reporting structure and all that kind of stuff. I don't, is there only rumors, right? we haven't heard anything saying from anybody that would say, Hey, I I've heard this from a reputable source. This is actually what's happening or, you know, Um, Kirby Holcutt saying, Hey, we're close. We're still working on a couple of things. No, but it's been stuff like Chris Beard doesn't want athletic director oversight, I I guess, into some of his coaching decisions, like, sorry, his coaching higher decisions. It
1: seems like a, a new school policy might be implemented that would allow tech to fire anyone or any coach specifically. Within ninety days, I believe it was either ninety or one hundred and twenty. Uh, with
0: well, nobody on the coaching staff is that new, though.
1: Well, but they're gonna. I mean, he's gonna or have we, to we, replace we, some guys. I think. Didn't we lose an assistant or two just recently?
0: I know. I know. Um, Mark Adams was. He was, was asked. Like he's connected to a couple of other jobs, but were filled. Yes, but
1: I thought there was someone that we may have lost. Anyway, there there's just some some wording behind that i've heard that is kind of not uh what beard wants to see either for maybe not necessarily for his contract but for his ability to hire people himself and to know that whoever he hires won't get let go without him uh having a say in having it. a say in it correct so that just just some kind of run of the mill rumors that you hear here and there that I think there's a little bit of smoke to this because it's been a while. It, you know, it's been 14 days since right. the end of the season. And we, under, we can keep explaining away the fact that, well, he's out recruiting or the fact that, well, it was Easter weekend. or
0: well, We also went through a, a dead period where he couldn't have been out recruiting. So it's right. like, well, this was your chance to get down, like get some face-to-face time with the athletic director. and Correct. But cash some of this out th- th- there were some some rumor that hokut was unable to reach beard for for some time and he wasn't responding
1: yeah was not answering phone calls i'd heard that well
0: that'll make you feel good
1: no it doesn't and uh you know we're not trying to make everybody freak out or anything but just i i do think that there's a little bit more going on than what we really know. I, I really think there's some negotiations going on. It's not just oh, we've just been busy. Mm-hmm. We've just got stuff going on. I I think the two the two parties are really trying to hammer some stuff out.
0: Yeah, well, one of the things I heard this morning uh, the the morning talk show was talking about the a possible buyout, ne- not negotiation, but they're talking about what Chris Beard would allow his buyout to be um, in his contract. And I think... Which would be not much, correct? Is that kind of what... What it sounded like he was either negotiating for a low or no buyout. Right, that's um, that's what I'd heard too. And what would keep teams away... Like, if if he's going for that, then he's obviously trying to say that his salary would be high enough to keep teams from poaching him. So... Um, much like with, and th- this is the example they used this morning too, with Jimbo Fisher, the football coach at Texas A&M, he has no buyout clause in his his contract. Correct. Um, but it's kind of understood that like the next school would have to offer him greater than $75 million to lure him away from A&M. Or they could offer him nothing. And he could just stick it to him and leave. He could because his the athletic director that hired him at A&M is now at LSU. He could just go to Baton Rouge, Baton Rouge, and make a dollar a year for the Ass- next nine years, assuming and, he wants and then to- retire off into the sunset. <laughs> but if he resigns from A&M, A&M does not owe him any of that money, which I thought was a really like I, I looked into that this morning, because I was I was I was like, there's no way he didn't have a buyout. It's true, he doesn't have a buyout. But if he resigns on his own accord, which I would ex- assume. That's how,
1: what you'd have to do to take another job, yeah
0: yeah, you'd have to resign from position A to accept position B. If Jimbo Fisher resigns, the school does not owe him anything. So well, the rest of that 75 million he's no longer owed that. Um, then he's got like some also like really strict timeline if they fire him too. I think they've got like 10 days to pay like 60 percent of the remaining contract. like that's a big check to write in 10 days. Yeah. Well, they, they can. And then the rest of it has to be within, like sixty days. They they could find it. They could find it underground out in the
1: Permian. I don't want to talk about this. <laughs> um, well, that, anyway, so that, I don't understand that. Why? Why? So the whole point, yeah. Okay, I see what you're saying. So the whole point of not having a buyout is under the assumption that we we're paying you enough money, and someone's gonna have to pay you considerably more money for this to make sense for you to resign not get any of this money from us and hopefully get more money from the next person I guess that's okay so that's not working exactly at all like I laid out in my cheeky scenario about two minutes ago
0: so it it benefits the coach not have a buyout obviously because right uh, I mean the next school is going to pay the same amount, whether it's a lower salary plus a buyout or no buyout and a higher salary. Um, But it would, it would benefit Texas tech to have a buyout because then they can use that money to buy out another contract on existing, existing coach to replace beard without that, without a buyout, the new team that's hiring beard away doesn't pay anything to Texas tech to help them us offset those costs which I think that, that's kind of the sticking point. It's not that we're necessarily worried about losing Beard. I think everybody's going to be wanting Beard, um, and we're, I, I assume that Kirby Hokut is making every effort to, to make the contract desirable enough that he would want to stay here for a while. Um, but in the chance that some blue bud comes and like money whips him, that there's still a buyout that would help Texas Tech Bridge the gap to the next guy, and not just say, "Hey, we have to hire some unknown assistant." Yeah, we have to go find the next Chris Beard.
1: Unless it's a, unless it's a cheap UCLA coming at you, <laughs> unwilling
0: to pay the buyout. So, as of April twenty second, twenty nineteen, Chris Beard and Texas Tech have not agreed to a new extended contract. Two weeks ago, I said it's going to take a couple of days, and I'm like, I. I don't know how long this is going to go on.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure either. And just so you know, I sent out a tweet for questions. And the only question we got so far was from Matt Turney, who, who just asked, so where are we with Beard's contract? So, Matt, I hope that sort of answered your question a little bit. We're we're not quite sure where we are. We're, we're getting a little worried, but maybe not. Oh, I'm worried. Okay. Okay, good. But, but- I was trying to downplay it. I'm a little worried
0: what doesn't worry me though is there are no desirable open positions right now that does help so it's not like he's negotiating this in hopes of getting a bigger contract deal out of a new school there's nobody out there is hiring that we know of it's not like a Kansas or Kentucky has a, a vacancy and they're just looking to poach somebody not saying that they won't make a move if they think they can get somebody but I mean, not Kentucky. They just signed Calipari to a lifetime deal, which is ridiculous. I think there, he's got like a ridiculous buyout. Um, it's like twenty-five million or something. Well,
1: then he would be a—I forgot what the term was. Even, even, even once he retired, he could be a not a diplomat, but ambassador, ambassador. <laughs> there you go, associate AD, so, something like that, minister of culture, kind of a cush. <laughs> kind
0: of a cush job to
1: continue making some millions after you're done coaching. Why not? Yep.
0: All right. One more thing. Basketball celebration dinner is coming up this Thursday night. Um. This is a open to the public event. Michael, do you have any details? Are you going to this? I will not
1: be going because I've already committed to see Avengers Endgame. Oh my gosh. That same night, and so I don't. I don't think I'll be away from the house that long. Because the first the first showing I was able to get a ticket for that was not on the front row was at nine thirty p.m. on Thursday night.
0: What happened to the midnight release? That used to be a thing.
1: I I think they still do it, but it would it would have been you know Wednesday night
0: midnight. Well, see, I always thought new movies opened in the theaters on Friday. So you can get to a midnight showing They're Thursday creeping. night into I know it's like Black They're Friday Yeah, starting like lunch on Thanksgiving Day. These midnight showings are like, uh, oh, we're gonna we're gonna debut the new movie at like seven o'clock Thursday night. Yeah. I, so I remember I went to go see Dark Knight um at a twelve fifty showing. It wasn't the first one, it was like the second showing they had available, but like twelve fifty AM?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: This was also this was a day when <sighs> I was <sighs> I was working at Baylor in the OR, so like my shift those days—you were doing surgery? Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I wasn't doing surgery. I was working in the OR. My shift those days were six thirty to three thirty. That's an interesting shift. So I was awake from six thirty that morning. Well, you know, probably five thirty or so to get up and get get to down ten dollars. All the way, I, I I didn't make it through the entire movie. I I, I fell asleep during it because it was such a long day. But like the movie started at twelve fifty a.m. Friday morning, watched that movie and then went to back to work on Friday.
1: Oh my gosh, that sounds miserable. I'm I'm I already dragging. I was dragging. I'm dreading the nine thirty showing because I'm not going to get home till one. How long is it? Um, I'm gonna look it up. It's it's pretty close to three hours. I'm, oh, I'm not I'm not. I'm, Completely sure.
0: And I'm sure it's one of those movies where they're just going to jam pack like an hour's worth of previews ahead of it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Sorry. So Thursday night, as you look at this up, a celebration dinner in honor of red Raider basketball is being hosted at the United Supermarkets arena. Um, Kirby Hocutt and Chris Beard have invited the public to enjoy dinner and drinks at the home court. Tech Tech red Raiders Thursday night, 6 PM. Sing- single seat tickets are available. Concourse level for twenty five dollars, or tables for eight people to have dinner and drinks on the court can be purchased for a thousand. So it looks like they're going to have tables set up on the concourse around the court, and then obviously on the court. Um, those on court tickets are a little pricey.
1: Yeah, yeah, they are. And I'm maybe I missed it elsewhere, but it seems like this just popped up today. Yeah, I so that's heard some this before that's some short notice for just us.
0: Let's go ahead and drop a thousand dollars on dinner Thursday.
1: Yeah. Us us normals out here who, you know, even twenty five bucks for a dinner is is uh.
0: I had to ask permission. Pretty high to get that forty dollar tailgate that baseball tailgate dinner.
1: Yeah, you just gotta you've got to check those things. There's there's like a certain level where it's okay.
0: Yeah, it, it's like your daily. Is that right? ATM if we do that, limit. yeah, yeah. So at 000, a thousand dollars, it's one hundred twenty five dollars a seat. Oh, that's perfect for on the court.
1: I spend that on lunch every day.
0: I spent a cool 14 dollars on lunch today. Yeah, I, I ate leftovers today. <laughs> All right, so those that are interested in going to celebration dinner it's Thursday night, you can buy tickets concourse or court level while supplies last. Avengers is 3 hours and 1 minute. So, had it, if it starts at 9:30, which it won't. No. You'd get out at 12:30. Yeah, you're not getting home till after 1. It's going to be after 1. And I'm already dread
1: Yeah, at least I'm going. I'm going to Tinseltown, which is really close to my. Right house. the road. That's not
0: too bad. Speaking of road, so it's raining tonight. There's a stretch of University between 114th and 98th. With any bit of rain, it's completely underwater. Like usually, I, I can get all the way over. If I'm coming northbound, I have to get all the way over into the southbound lane to get around this puddle. Mm-hmm. Tonight, I was like on the curb. Southbound, and I was still like fearful I was going to drown the car. Well, it's it's deep.
1: Lubbock's a flat rock, man. Yeah, man. Just, so, it just has to absorb. Sometimes it just it got nowhere it takes, to go. It just it, has to go down. It's
0: probably going to take some time. I'm I'm not going to take University home tonight. Yeah, probably not. Mm.
1: You might take mm. the access road and go around. Yeah, I need to get gas too.
0: All right, baseball. Um, for those of us that were saying the sky was falling last week. I don't know if I was on the panic button just yet. I was concerned. I was going to ask uh, Keith, um, you know, when is the time to be worried about the baseball team? I don't, I don't think last week was too soon, right? You, you lost um, two, or three to West Virginia.
1: Yes. And then you got hammered by Duke.
0: Yeah. Got hammered by Duke. Um, this weekend, you come home to host Baylor, who was leading the conference. They were number one in the conference going into the weekend. One of the hottest teams. You lose the first game Thursday night, 10 to 11 in 11 innings. So you you made a comeback. Because um, I think at one point you were down like 9-3. Yeah, it you was down nine, big. 3 You made the comeback. You weren't able to win the game, but you fought back. Friday night, you walked it off. You won 3-2. to two. And then Saturday, you run ruled them on what some would consider a walk-off home run. So it's a home run that D- Dylan Noisy hit his second of the day that put you up by 10, that ended the game, which was really fun to watch. The Bayley players, like, oh, wait, it, it's over. That's it. That's it. We're, we're it's only, we're only part way through the seven innings. We could come back. <laughs> which is like, like we're going to come back. Guys. I've talked about this before. Like, one of the quirks of the, the Big 12 is you have the ability to run rule. A conference opponent on a getaway day so they're the last like if it's the game on the day that they're traveling back home if one team gets up by 10 runs I think after six or seven innings that sounds right then they'll go, they'll go ahead and call the game and let the visiting team hop on a plane and get home it saves them what like an hour <laughs> of time, at least yeah. Um, it, it doesn't really save them a, a lot of time, but it does give teams the ability to say, "Hey, we run ruled somebody." Yeah, we
1: mercy ruled st- them. <laughs> you still get to say that in college. That's a nice feeling to 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 throw that around. Yeah, we we were at the um, the Friday game.
0: Nice how it go. And
1: uh, one, it went very well. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, we sh- we showed up. It was I couldn't believe two things. I couldn't believe how long the game was. Um, one, because I'd look at my watch and then I'd look at it again and an hour and a half had gone by or something crazy. Cause I was just really enjoying the game and having a nice time. It was a perfect night for it and everything. But it, I think at one point both teams had eight hits and somehow this game just dragged. I'm not, I'm not sure why it took so long. I mean, it wasn't over till, it was a three-and-a-half-hour game.
0: Well, so you've got that pitch clock that helps. That was me, not running. But if you have a runner on base, then the pitch clock is off. So as soon as you get a runner on, then the pitcher can go as slow as they want to. Okay. Well, it seemed like there – that's what I, – I just couldn't put my
1: finger on it because there didn't seem like to be an excessive amount of timeouts. There weren't a lot of pitching changes. I guess everybody just – maybe maybe the counts were higher than normal. I I feel like most innings had – maybe four or five batters. I mean, they weren't
0: right. But if you get that first runner on, then there's, there's no pitch count. Like, I mean, I'd be the pitch timer. Yeah. It's turned off. So as as a fan, if that first runner gets on, like you're, you hope to get them off on like a, a double play or whatever. Um, because it seems like because of the timer, there's just no rush. Like there's no incentive to go fast anymore. Like you're the pitchers are tired of moving fast because of the time. Sure, yeah, and n- not that it's like like a break next, they got 20 seconds between between when they're ready and when they have to throw their pitch.
1: Like that, but, uh, you're probably right because there were, you know, through walks or or whatever, there were people on base a lot, mm-hmm. and, and that would make sense because every time I looked up, it was all zeros on the on the timer, and I thought, well, what that? Why is that even there? Mm-hmm. They're not even using it. I thought maybe it's some weird thing where some weird baseball thing where you don't use it after X inning, or and I just missed it, or I didn't understand it. But I'm not complaining about how long it was, it was just surprising how long it was because we got sucked into it and uh, you know, tech tied it up, and then the bases were loaded in the bottom of the ninth and full count, two outs. You squeak a hit through. Oh, it was just fantastic. Co- it was masters, so cool. wasn't it? Yeah, it was masters. Yep. He he had a big hit, I think, in the seventh. I can't remember if it was the seventh or the eighth, but he
0: he came through a couple of times for sure. So you take the series from Baylor, you move to what are you eight and seven in conference play in the season? You are tied, and there with West Virginia. I think you are in third place. I think so too. I think, so, I think you got Baylor's in, still up there, and then Oklahoma State. Uh, so Baylor is 10 and 5 I think Oklahoma State is like 9 and 6 and you you, you and West Virginia are at 8 and 7 um, you have you had two midweek games scheduled you've already canceled the wins in a game against New Mexico You're just gonna play tomorrow Tuesday 630 although the weather may still be a little soggy could be so you may or may not play that game um, and then you're home again this weekend, where you host um, host Oklahoma State. Yeah, so first place Oklahoma State, first place got a chance to. If you sweep Oklahoma State, you'll take first place um, outright in the conference. If you win the series two to one, Oklahoma State will still have the lead because they are three games ahead of you in the win column. So you, sorry, they're two games ahead of you, but if if you win two and they win one, they'll still be one ahead of you. Because they've played. They're 10 and five right now. They're not 10
1: and six. They're 10 and five. And we're 8 and seven. Yeah. So we'd be tied.
0: Not if you won two games to one. 2 to 1. Yeah. So Oklahoma State would go 11 and seven and you would go 10 and eight.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Sorry. Math. Yeah, this is one of those math's It's difficult to do on the fly. A couple of variables, yeah, sure, <laughs> it makes it difficult. <laughs> um, anyways, you got Oklahoma State this weekend, Friday night, six thirty, Texas Tech TV, Saturday night, seven thirty, ESPNU, Sunday afternoon, two o'clock, Fox Sports Southwest Plus.
1: Um, so hope you have all of your streaming service. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna need all, <laughs> you're gonna three, need of all three of them
0: <laughs> to, to catch this series. Um, I will be traveling back in town Saturday afternoons. I will not be able to watch any of these games. Well, I will not be able to attend any of the games, which is unfortunate because I think there's only, there's one more home series left home conference series left. It's Oklahoma. Uh, not next week, but the week after, I think after you do finals and it's another Thursday, Friday, Saturday series the week before you start the big 12 conference tournament. So, Um, Got a great chance to to get back into control um, or at least be making your way uh, back into control for the conference race. Um, Speaking with Keith this afternoon, it's not out of the question for you to still be a host for regional or super regional. Uh, I would definitely say you're still squarely in play for it to host a regional. Um, Keith is under the impression he has the opinion of that you need to win the rest of your series to be in play, to host a super regional. Hmm. Um, I think the only time you've been a top eight seed and hosted a super, like you, you did that once. The other two times you hosted a super regional, the team you were paired up with upset the national seed. So you were either the next highest seed or a combination of that, or you had the better facilities to be able to host. So when you play college of Charleston in 2014, um, and then when you hosted Duke, because Duke upset the high, the national seed last year, because you are nine seed, top eight hosts. Okay. Okay. So Duke upset. Was it Georgia? I don't know. I don't remember. Either way, because because uh, Duke won their their regional last year, you were able to host their super regional, and then the last time you the time between that I think when you you hosted East, East Carolina for the Super Regional you were, you were a national seed that year um, so you're still in play to be able to, to host a Super Regional uh, if you make it that far you've got some work cut out ahead of you you need to go on a tear win these last three conference series um, Oklahoma State TCU Oklahoma you've got some Non conference midweek games that you need to win, uh New Mexico being one, UTRGV, and Florida Atlantic.
1: I think it's Florida International.
0: Florida, one of those. F F I U. Are you sure it's not F A U? Mm, I'm not sure. No. One of those weird directional Florida schools. Um Okay, If you want more baseball knowledge, please listen to the Derby podcast. This is not. I don't have my my baseball scorebook in front of me <laughs> and not that I score a lot of baseball games. I enjoy doing it. I'm taking it with me to Phoenix this yeah, week when cause I go. You're going to the D-backs, D-backs and Cubs. That's pretty good. I'm going to watch that game Friday night. Um Keith does. He's got all kinds of great notes for you. Um great recap and then preview the next week. Um if you missed it, he had a um a throw in Chad with Raider Red episode last week where he did some, some questions from listeners, but he also was addressing the third paid assistant coach vote that came out past week in his beef with D one baseball, right? Aaron fit and Kendall Rogers. We have to talk, talk a little bit about that at lunch today. Um, and how they are, they D one baseball is kind of taking advantage of their, their spot Um, in the media to turn advocates. That's not really a role you play as a journalist. Right.
1: You're meant, you're meant to report what happened and not necessarily chime in on what you think about it. I I saw they were trying to, um, you know, try to call themselves columnists and stuff here and there. And I think, well, it's possible you could do that, but you you have such a, a following and you're such a, force of, of baseball that it, mm-hmm. it's kind of hard to separate the two when you're just tweeting it. You know, if you're, if you're just tweeting out things that you feel like should happen or that or you're just flat out saying that Kirby Hokut is wrong.
0: Well, and then like insinuating or just saying that because of this, the next time a a school comes calling for Tadlock, he's going to leave because Hokut was not willing to afford Tadlock and his team more resources. Right. Yeah. Which is it's dumb.
1: That's a lot of that's a lot of uh, assumptions to make there. So Any, many conclusions to jump towards.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, because we probably butchered all that you need to go listen to that episode specifically because Yeah. It was one, really good. Keith is is really passionate about this and he was really defensive and protective of Kirby Hoka and Tim Tadlock and where this this program is headed and all the guys that are in the mix that help make this thing go. Um, Not that a paid third assistant position isn't a good idea, but just the means that it just makes it a whole lot more difficult for teams like Texas tech. Um, And I'm going to say below, but like not like the blue blood baseball schools that, yeah, have all the resources or or teams like Texas that have just their, their athletic revenue diving into the vaults of gold coins or swimming their money that they'd be able to support these kind of things much more easily than a Texas tech or schools that aren't as successful monetarily financially as Texas tech is.
1: Well, and Keith's super knowledgeable on the subject and, and points out the fact that Texas tech, although they don't have the budget of UT, they do spend a higher percentage of their budget on baseball, mm-hmm. so they really are making it. Uh, you know the fact, even though that is a quote unquote non-revenue sport, they're still making it a priority and something that they really want to invest in. Yep. Uh, based off of what we're able to do as a school, we, what Texas Tech is able
0: to do as a school financially. Okay, let's talk a little bit of a little football. Just very little, very little football. As you pointed out, it's a it's still baseball related. Um, head coach Matt Wells will be throwing out the first pitch of a baseball game. I think it's it's this upcoming weekend against Oklahoma State, like like the Friday night game. I think I think it is. Um, Keith was also telling me so he was at one of the baseball games this past weekend with I think his son, Matt um, Wells was. Yes. Okay. Um, and it sounded like Keith was saying that because of his relative anonymity and the Texas Tech Lubbock community, he was not harassed or like he wasn't bombarded with a bunch of fans wanting to talk to him and all that kind of stuff like a Chris Beard or a Cliff Kingsbury previously would have been in that same kind of position. He was able to go and watch and enjoy the game and not be – Um interrupted and all that kind of stuff by Texas Tech, Tech fans. Uh namely, I, I don't know if it's because they just don't recognize him like in person, the hat with you know with the hat on and
1: he really he really blends in. He's a guy that just seems like I, I'd pro- I could probably stand next to him at the post office and not really know it's him until I until I left. And I I'm sure it's by design. I think he intentionally does that. He's um you know if he's wearing a ball cap it's gonna be hard to was that and, and everybody's in tech gear too. Was that Coach Wells? That kinda looked like Coach Wells, I'm not sure. Yeah. Whereas with Kingsbury it was always designed. You you knew it. Yeah. Hair was perfect, got the wayfarers on. You knew that was Cliff Kingsbury. Um Beard a lot of times with Beard, he's got two six seven or six eleven guys walking around with he's,
0: him. He's also visually recognizable now. And he is now for sure. Um, he's three seasons here. he's got a lot of face time, whether it's the fireside chats or just all right. the, the, the FaceTime he gets on the broadcast from well, the games. And
1: he doesn't wear a cap that much. I think a cap kind of helps you blend in a little bit Yeah, on those on those uh, situations. I was worried about him. I was worried about him at that 2.30 baseball game. No cap, sitting in full sun. I was, I was worried about my guy. I hope I hope he's okay. I hope he's not burned
0: today. I, I did not get burned this weekend. That's That's impressive. I was also wearing long sleeves and hats most of the time, so... I was prepared because I knew I was going to be spending a lot of time outside. So I was like, I'm see. I didn't wear any sunscreen, but, but the I, long sleeve, that's all you need. But my, my shirt had collar. Oh, I had long sleeves and I was wearing a hat. You were practically covered in SPF 100. Yeah. I was careful. It's beautiful. Um, but I, I think Wells,
1: he seems like a, the type that he just kind of wants to go, just wants to go hang out. If, if he wanted to be seen, I feel like he probably could have, somehow done it in a way where oh I think that's coach Wells and people would have come over but I wonder I wonder if Keith will have that same experience if at a baseball game next year you know if well, if he sees Matt Wells at a game next year if, if he's more recognizable more folks around town will really oh, okay okay that is that is coach Wells I would assume so yeah I, I feel like it's gonna be a little bit more hectic for him to go places but probably not near as like like it ever was for Kingsbury
0: <laughs> I would also assume after like at least this this next game when he throws up the first pitch he's not gonna be some anonymous Texas Tech fan watching the game I think people will right. know him at least in that that instance that game that I, night I would think so too for sure okay so we we got that one question from Matt Turney asking about the status of the Chris Beard negotiation contract negotiation Um, it's a whole lot of n- no, no. no news is not necessarily good news at this no. point but as long as it's not Chris Beard is resigned as head coach from Texas Tech, he's going to Arizona or something. Yeah, as long as it's not that, we're we're still we're still moving, probably in the right direction. Hopefully, get an announcement here pretty soon. Um, did you, did you do one more final check of the questions on the Twitter? I did. That's okay. all we had. Thanks, Matt. Yep. Uh, going yard. Um, my yard guys came today. Oh, I can't believe you still use a yard. I, I, sorry. Still. I, I still can't still. believe that you use a yard service. It's not like it's been, I can't believe you still use it after one week. But I'm running yeah. on like
1: 20 plus years of mowing. Probably 25-ish.
0: You want to know what, what I... What I can take a break for a year. What I learned today? What? I mean, this is not what we learned section yet. I learned that Keith Patrick also uses a lawn service.
1: He's he's smart with his time. No. It makes sense. Sometimes you just have things you've got to do that you can't get to, and so you
0: manage your time wisely. I have a question. What's up? So I'm going to be out this week because you don't have a lawn service. I'm sorry, because you have a lawn service. You don't have to mow your yard. Correct. Could you come mow mine?
1: <laughs> <laughs> how how old how old's your boy? Four. He, he can do it. No, he can't. He can get his mom to help him start it, and then he's fine. He
0: just walks <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> that's all he needs. <laughs> um so yeah i'm I'm this Monday night, I was supposed to had we not had a baseball game tonight, t ball game, I would have mowed tonight, hopefully, but we also had rain, so the little bit of time we had tonight without rain is the about as long as our baseball game. It rained a little bit before the game started, and then it was clear for like an hour and a half it was getting ready to just pour and dump on us right after we finished. But they, they canceled the games following us before they even started. Oh, yeah. Because of the incoming weather. Um, I have to get ready for my trip this week. I have to record this podcast. We had to go to the store. Um, So my yard, even though I, I've been banging the drum of you need to, you need to mow your yard twice a week, was mowed once last Monday. Mm. I haven't mowed it since. Oh, and it just rained on it. And it's getting it's rain tonight. You're
1: gonna get oh. back. It's gonna it's, it's gonna have it's it's gonna be parted in the middle. <laughs> it's, it's, it's gonna, gonna be so flat. long. It's just gonna lay flat and have yeah. bangs flowing out into the into the sidewalk.
0: Yeah. So I yeah, I need to see if I can.
1: Now I don't have time to mow
0: your lawn. Your your lawn. You would really enjoy it. Mm. Well, it's it's small. Busy. Busy. Um, I mean small. It's like. It's, Three thousand square feet. It's not. Like, it's not going to see the it's not, it's not a big yard. It's not a. It's not a postage stamp. Yeah. Um. You'll get done like you don't
1: have nine hundred feet of edging.
0: No, and and you don't. I'm <laughs> not asking you to edge. I'm just asking you to just mow. Well, I'm telling you, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> so when I get back on Saturday, uh, I had, it's going to be almost two weeks of growth. Be really hot
1: on Saturday, so I think it, I think you'll be in good shape. Yeah. Won't well,
0: have to, you, it won't be raining or something. Well, here's the thing. I'm going to get home and like have to head straight to the baseball game because Grayson's got a game i got to be at on Saturday. And then we will, we'll have some family in town, so we're going to go out to dinner that night. So hopefully gonna be, there's going to be enough time between baseball game and dinner I can get there and mow, hopefully. <laughs> See, just imagine if you didn't have to do that. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying it's not, a, a, it's not desirable this week when I can't get to it because I'll literally not be in the state. It's true.
1: See, look at you stressing about your
0: yard. It needs to be cut. It needs to be cut before <laughs> that. I needed to mow it last week. It's killing I you. was going to do it on Friday before we went out of town. Just get up really early in the morning and do it. When's your it, flight? It's got to. It's got to dry. It'll be fine. It'll, it'll dry after you mow it. <laughs> no, that the, the <laughs> my flight's at two thirty. Oh, you got all the time. Just take a lunch. I'm I'm going to lunch with my wife before I'm gone for. Six days. Five days.
1: Okay, well, that's smart. That's a smart move. You should totally do that. And then mow. (laughs) Y'all can eat a quick lunch. Pick up some, uh, I was going to say Quiznos, as if that's a thing. Pick up up some sandwiches from United on the way. Have a tailgate lunch. It'd be fun. Have like a picnic. Yeah. Then you can mow the front yard and finish rest your sandwich and then mow the backyard.
0: I have to meet her at work. Oh gosh, this just gets
1: so complicated. I don't know how you're gonna mow tomorrow then.
0: I don't know how you're gonna do it. I I, I need I need the rain to stop and I need there to be sunshine in the morning so I can mow at like eleven o'clock. Even then it's not gonna be dry. So I'm I'm screwed. It's not gonna get mowed. It it'll be fine. I'm already resigned to that. <laughs> I know a guy. I'm sure you do. <laughs> you're gonna pay him for me? <laughs> no. No. Okay. No. Um what do we learn this week, Michael? Let's let's wrap this thing up.
1: I learned that my my little two year old daughter absolutely loves opening Easter eggs. We we shot some videos of it,
0: like just opening Easter egg, not like doesn't matter what's in it. it.
1: Doesn't matter what's in it. And she couldn't she couldn't quite figure out how to open them, so she was getting me to open them, which was a delight. It was it was so fun. So she'd hand the Easter egg to me, and I would pop it open. And she would just sit there with her hands clasped like and going, Wow <laughs> And this is before I even opened it. She was just really excited and she did this I probably nine times out of ten she was this excited and then I'd I'd open it in front of her and then I'd take the top off of the egg and there'd be one starburst in there or you know, some stickers or mm-hmm. something you know, some little knick knack toy and Wow! You know She would just explode with excitement she'd, she'd reach in and grab it out And she'd hold it above her head And then uh, the pinnacle of my Dadding to this point Was When she would open it And I've shared my love of Starburst on this podcast Love Starburst, huge fan You're a Starburst man I am, I'm a Starburst man So I'm a Dapper Dan man, I'm a Starburst man
0: <laughs> You don't have the hair for Dapper Dan
1: I know, but the <laughs> Starburst helps Glisten the old top of the dome but anyway, uh, she you know, she would open the egg and get really excited about the starburst in there. And then she would painstakingly open a starburst. Takes her a little while. She's very sure. thorough. And she's two. She's two. She's, but she was good at it and she got it. And so she would try them and just kind of lick them and then decide she didn't like them and then hand them to me. And then, all right, you know, I'm her dad. Sure. And it's a starburst. This is not going to waste. <laughs> so I would eat it. And then eventually she got to where she just after about 3 or 4 she just decided okay I don't like these but she kept peeling them and then would hand them to me every time and it was so wonderful I just felt I was so proud and my stomach hurt so bad but I didn't care <laughs> how, how many do you have? I consumed I mean in the 20s I'm I'm pretty sure we were in the 20s That's for Sunday packages. Yeah. <laughs> they just well I couldn't resist them cuz they were the perfect temp because we set them out in the yard, and so the starbursts had gotten a little warm, and so they gotten a little soft. Hmm. And you just pop them in your mouth, and man, that's good. That's good living right there. I've got a, I just need to teach her how to shell pecans, and then I think I'll be set. <laughs> just bring you shell pecans. Bring me shell pecans <laughs> and peeled go, starburst.
0: <laughs> Get you some pecans. Good to go. What did you learn? So I learned that I'm either really bad at hunting. Or I picked to go hog hunting on the one ranch in the world where pigs are smarter than humans. There's probably a few of those ranches. Because <laughs> here's the thing. Um, pig brains. I'm telling you, man. This was my brother-in-law's. Zombie pig. It was like a family friend slash co-worker. They own this they own like nearly 500 acres outside of Blackwell, Texas. So if you don't know what that area is. It's between Sweetwater and San Angelo. It was not too far from here. Lots of wind turbines. Lots of wind turbines. Um, not flat. There was plenty of elevation with plenty of trees. It was a great little hunting ranch. I loved it. Um, and their setup was so cool. They had like two bunk houses um, with little swamp cooler ACs and like overhead fans. But like the bunks, they were the one we slept in had two bunk beds and a like a love seat couch. And then. Had a TV with like a full, um, movie rack of that is, movies. It was really rough in it, man. Oh, it was it was rough. That's when you I know, think of hunting. That's what I think the, of. The other bunkhouse had had a couple other bigger beds, but they the the brother in law got there first. And he claimed those. Um, had a bathroom with a big shower i didn't shower but it was a big shower you didn't shower <laughs> I, was, I was only there a couple of days but i, I was i was i was stinky when i left um, just like a, it was almost like it was absurd that you would have even considered it well i didn't shower it's it's deer camp why are you gonna go shower
1: well because you got one same so, reason
0: same reason you're gonna watch pure country because it's there on the blu-ray well it's also like it was also well waters with like heavy and sulfur so like anytime you turn it on, oh, it was stinky good like yeah, not that you would smell like sulfur after you wash your hands I or wash shower, just, but like you would smell it and like this—it's rotten eggs. Yeah, standing in a cloud of. Yeah, it's probably um, H2S. Y'all are lucky to be alive. Here I am. I survived. Yeah, um, and they had a kitchen. Oh, it was really great. G- great setup. They have um, multiple blinds and feeders. So like the true Texas style hunting, where like you set up a, a blind a hundred yards away from a feeder, bait, whatever. Um, it's it's not like this is the only place that does it. It's not like were it's a Texas trot line. It's not some kind of like high fence trophy deer hunting where like you're you know, it's like a hundred acres and like you've got fifteen and eighteen genetically modified deer that you bring in every <laughs> this is what it is. We were hunting um the feral wild pigs. Um okay so the one hunt, the one blind I went to the most it was the feeder was right off of a dry creek bed. They had this trail cam on a trail cam on it. That when we when we checked it, uh, Friday evening or Saturday morning, hogs had been there basically every night, somewhere between 7:30 and 9 p.m., like a week straight. I was like, great. Saturday night, I'm gonna get there at six, make sure I'm I get, I'm early enough that all of my sound and scent will have settled. The feeder will go off um cuz it went off at like 7:15 11:15 15, 15 in the morning and then at night. Mm-hmm. So I'm there um and the nights that I was there nothing showed up. like nothing showed up. I was like there's no way. Like they've been here a week like regularly for a week. And like lots of things were on this trail game, but like the night that I'm sitting there nothing shows up really. They don't like you. They didn't like me. I did see a deer. A doe. The problem is because it, it does butt up against another trophy deer hunting ranch, um, but they do breed these deer. It was tagged. Oh, okay. So like she knew that she was off limits <laughs> and she just strolled right. And it was also not, it's not deer season. Just strolled right through the field, right up to the feeder. I was like, you suck. I see you. Um, my brother-in-law did go and, and he was, he was Turkey hunting. It is spring turkey season. He got two of the biggest wild turkeys I've ever seen. These are like forty pound birds. Never seen turkeys this big. Um he got those Friday morning before we got there. Um, when I was there at the at the blind, I didn't have a shotgun with me, but like I had a turkey come through and like basically like he was looking at the blind, and was like, I see you there and got, got close enough and was like checking me out. And I was like, dude, <laughs> I'm just gonna shoot you out a spite. <laughs> anyway, so well, what were you were, were you gonna get that hog butchered? We were gonna do it there. Yeah, we were gonna they clean do the it whole and thing, take it home. Yeah, I've never. I think I've had,
1: I think I've had a wild boar here and there, but I don't know if that's the exact same thing as what y'all
0: were. Or take it to Clint's and get some sausage made. Yeah, yeah. Because there was there was a ton of sausage in the freezer there in the kitchen yeah that was from Klimke's, but that had processed meat that they had brought in themselves which is a thing some places do like you you can go to some butcheries, and meat markets and they'll they'll process it for you put their their sticker back on it because it'll be their their blend of spices whatever their recipe oh i see yeah it's it's your meat that you provided yeah i got you um they had a ton of that stuff in there so I know pigs are on this ranch. I've seen them on the trail cams. Just they didn't—they didn't come to the feeder. They just knew. They knew it was there.
1: They, they knew you were too good of a shot. They're like, ah, some of these other hunters I can probably avoid, but that Spencer guy—he
0: he didn't mess around. So one shot Spencer, they call him. Mm-hmm. Sure thing. He's a dead eye. <laughs> so I learned. Um, it, you know, I don't know if you just cursed to go hunting for the first time. Like, it, well, it's not not my first time hunting. It's been. 15 years since i've been hunting i went with my grandfather at his farm slash hunting lease in mississippi didn't see anything there either (laughs) um my brother-in-law said don't worry about it it's it's your first time basically um you you never get anything your first time i was like i guess so because like everything had set up in a way that i should have been successful
1: well, you know, it's not like you shot and missed. That's kind of, no, I, I think that's usually what that means. If I didn't you, even see
0: anything yeah, to
1: shoot. I think that's usually what that means. If you don't get anything the first time, it's because, yeah. well, you probably shot and missed because it's your first time. You're too excited. That type of thing. Yeah. yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. I didn't even get to take a shot. So the the saddest thing of coming home from a hunting trip is a full box of your hunting ammo mm-hmm. and empty coolers. <sighs> yeah. You, light, you traveled light. You traveled home light turned light yep yep so all right um michael you got anything else for us no man we just we're just
1: getting ready for baseball to keep on rolling and hopefully these guys will be able to host a regional and maybe
0: a super regional yeah man hope so all right for michael i'm spencer thanks again for joining us on the 23 personal podcast